What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Well, actually, I mean, it's pretty, I'm pretty tired. I'm not going not gonna to lie. Well, you know, we've been very busy we have for the past busy. couple of weekends, uh, but I think it's time, Jarrett, for you to, like, suck it up and soldier through. Well, you know, I was up till like, 3 a.m. yesterday. <laughs> or I was this morning, too I guess, gaming. I'm just kidding. Not I was really. not. I was working. Because <laughs> I went to bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> <laughs> this last couple of weekends, it's been uh, the Austin City Limits Music Festival here in Austin, and my wife, is who does... Uh, marketing for a local pharmacy chain who then that pharmacy chain puts on they they like run these stores it's the general store like Basically, from the golden times acl bodega is what they call them, the official name of these they and should so, just call it the general store they used to be actually it was made out of like planks <laughs> they, they used to call them the general store but then apparently like in a rebrand c3 decided oh, to call God them sake. like bodegas and all Mm-mm. that stuff but anyway so acl's <laughs> last two weekends um sam was heavily involved in in oh, i mean she was running the show basically for those bodegas and everything like that and so i was working a few shifts mogan actually worked a shift we worked, worked a shift together shift. so we if you were at acl together. and you weren't to one of these bodegas and you were like those two they look familiar they sound familiar you where know, do i know them from you know them from here you team know chat who podcast. i really hope just happens to watch an episode of team chat and is like those people is that shaved head really drunk guy who bought deodorant oh, right in front yeah. of us with no shirt on and proceeded uh, to, put to, it to put on his deodorant right yeah. in front of us it was awesome and walk away. it was awesome it was a great time I it was a great time it was a lot of fun an episode but you know, oh, se- separate separate from that experience, <laughs> Sam absolutely crushed it. She did an amazing job. So if you did go to ACL, you know who to thank for keeping a steady supply of supplies and food and snacks. Well, the for reason you. she's so good at it is because she got to practice with Overcooked That's and true. Overcooked too. That's like true. she's just top tier at this. Just, gaming helps everything. It does. It really true does. Facts. It really does. But games are great and games are a lot of fun, and that's what we'd like to talk about here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video gaming show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out w- every Tuesday at nine a. A.M. Central Standard Time. And you can listen to those across podcast services around the World Wide Web. You can also watch a video version on YouTube and Twitch. Twitch ones, obviously, because of the different new streaming rules with that, with not being able to upload videos in advance for Premiere on Twitch anymore if you're not in affiliate status, which sadly we are not yet. But you, we usually t- uh, try to stream, stream those in either Tuesday morning or Wednesday, but I put out alerts and tweets so, and all that stuff. Because you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as join our Discord server. If you want more Team Chat podcast goodness, you can also, if you're really loving and enjoying what we're creating, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where it's for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you a cool perk, like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release on Monday morning, instead of Tuesday morning, and access to our private channel on our Discord server solely for patrons of the show, The Rogues Gallery. Early access is non-inclusive of ACL-related weekends. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, again, going into a little bit of that, we're recording on a Monday night, so technically this episode is not, but, you know, I was nice. I put it out there early. I told everyone what to expect. I and said, they hey, pitch guys, torched us anyways. So, I know. I know. <laughs> we just, it was, it's a cruel, it's we, cruel world we, we live in. We can soothe the mob. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, this is definitely not the norm for us. But, uh, but due to ACL weekends, yeah, so we were in the park last night until 3. It was, yeah, it was about 2.33 after we finally finished loading out all the I was stuff. Not, was, I was yeah, sleeping in a nice. sleeping bag indoors. Preparing for a camping trip. It's <laughs> a very non-gaming activity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played Firewatch, you see, which ah, is basically about there you go. That basically camping. planted the seed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. One other final announcement before we jump into our moment with Mogan, then our main topics, is like we said last week's episode, we are doing an Extra Life 2018 stream on November 3rd. We did decide finally, we got a little bit more details we're going to kick it off 
Saturday morning, the 3rd, at 10 a.m. Central Time. That, I feel like that's a good time. We can wake up, get some coffee, get some breakfast, be filled, carb up, be ready for a day. Carbo load. Yeah, carbo load up <laughs> for the day. Be ready for an intense 24 hours of gaming. But it shows we'll go from 10 a.m. Saturday to 10 a.m. Sunday, doing a lot of good streaming stuff in between. We're going to have some fun little perks thrown in there for if we hit it's certain uh, donation goals. We're also going to have some fun friends, uh, listeners and friends of the show pop in for different time slots to, so you'll be able to get a little bit more a bit, bit more team chat community involvement basically like that. So uh, we know we've got a couple people lined up for that as well. So it's going to be a ton of fun. We hope to see you all there and obviously do we hope that we'll be able to hit our goals for that as well. So we'll be sending out, we'll be doing more information as it gets closer as to like uh, where you can donate all that different stuff but that's just for now that's the start time, and that's what you can expect. So Instead of hosting or joining up with other streamers that we like or like friends of the show, I would rather we passive aggressively host people we hate, like our enemies. Be like, but I have yeah. no enemies. <laughs> You're just so. I'm likeable. friends with everyone. Friends everyone with likes everyone. me. It's for great. God's sake. <laughs> Oh, man. So anyway, so be looking forward to that. November 3rd, again, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time is when our 2018 Extra Life stream will be kicking off. Hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Indeed. All right. But let's get some news. What's coming out lately? What's happened in the video game industry? I need to know. News and such. I've been at ACL bodegas. I know nothing. Well, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) as far as... It's been a pretty slow news week for starters, but we've got LEGO DC Supervillains coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC as of this episode's air date, October 16th. We also have Starlink Battle for Atlas Mm. coming out for PS1, Xbox, PS4. PS1, we're going back in time. PS1. We're going... It's a retro game. PS4, Xbox One, and... And Switch, again, that is October 16, we have Warriors Orochi 4 for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, October 16, For Honor, Marching Fire. So I gather this is a uh, For Honor expansion. I'm a DLC it is. Pack. It is. It's, so they've gone through like their first year of content from the game because that would have been, I guess, back in February, I believe, is when that would have hit. would have been the year, the year mark of that. Or was it two years now? I don't know. But anyway, so this is bit first big major expansion. They're going to be giving uh, introducing a new uh, faction, basically, of fighters. So there'll be four new fighters all coming in. And it's uh, and apparently also going to be like a big graphic overhaul and different stuff like that, too. So it's going to be a pretty yeah, expansive thing. Nice. Expansive right, so, expansion. Uh, indeed. So For Honor, Marching Fire for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, October 16th. A game that I forgot wasn't out yet because of Evo. Like, they really threw me. Soul Calibur Six. Uh, oh. The, the new, yeah, right? <laughs> so it's weird because a lot of the times in fighting game tournaments, you know, to basically get hyped for a new game, they've done this with Smash a couple of times. Right. They'll allow it to like preliminarily uh, be played at like a big tournament um, and just do it on like an invitation basis. So as it turns out, Soul Calibur 6 is coming out also on October 19th. I did forget so about a couple that one. days later for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then I'm actually not sure if this is correct. I'll have to double check this one. If I, I feel like maybe it already came out. Dark Souls Remastered comes to Switch. I believe that is October right. October 19th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Gosh, I thought it was right. already out. Okay. No, because remember, it came out for PS4 and Xbox One, then I, the Switch version delayed got delayed. It, but I couldn't remember how long they delayed it for. Yeah, it, it was a couple months now okay. because they came out for PS4 and Xbox One well, back Well, since in the I summer. bought it for PS4, I just like it went away yeah, from you're my done. mind. Yeah, you don't need All right. Well, anyway, that so that's switch. coming to Switch October 19th. Very nice. Very and that's nice. all of our out now and coming soon. Boom. Okay, so we did have a couple other. Whoa, I'm just throwing Sir. stuff around. Oh, my God. Uh, we ha- did have a couple other quick little stories. I remember my second one. 
because I remember before we started recording, I was like, I know I had, there was another second story that I could not remember. And it happened in the past. So the other one happened actually today as of this recording. So we'll go with the older one first. But gods be praised. Sony finally announced that you're going to be able to change your online ID in the Sony PlayStation oh, Network. Oh, yeah! Very soon. Because I made the joke that you could finally change your terrible gamer tag of Dogtown Warrior terrible. to Dogetown Warrior. No, uh-huh, I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm abandoning that name completely. <laughs> gonna move on Wait, to. Wait, have you br- decided what you're gonna go with? <sighs> See, I don't. I, I have an idea, but oh, I don't want to. I don't want to say it though until it's confirmed when I'd be able to do it. Because I don't want some other jack wagon to jump onto the PlayStation Network and take that name. What we really I can need to do it. is like leave it in the hands of the patrons and Ooh. like let them submit ideas, and then they can vote on them. See, but then what if I get stuck with another one? You that might. Not... You might get stuck with Dogetown um, uh, Warrior because I'm going to submit that, and then I'm going to vote for it a lot. <laughs> I like the idea of that, but I don't know if I want to. See, be a man, Jared. <laughs> oh, man. So that is a feature that I've been incredibly looking forward to. So a little bit more information on it. Because, yes, I hate my, uh, my name. It's a bad name, It's Jared. a bad name. It's a really bad What's name. What's funny is that for people like me who already have perfect PSN names, I don't have to make any changes. You it's don't. already yeah. amazing. Because, but for so, poor plebs like you. <laughs> backstory on this. I'm terrible about talking about picking and creating names for these things. It took us forever to even think of Team Chat Podcast for this show. It really did. So out of just a desperation of days hours of trying to think of a name for me to use on my PSN profile name, I eventually, and this was years ago that I said this, um, I was, I finally just, well, like one day, like could not think of anything and I was, happened to be watching with Sam, I was watching Lords of Dogtown, a skateboarding movie, if anyone else has seen it. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville's in it, Emil Hirsch, different other people like that. But anyway. The embarrassment. So I was like, Okay, and then I've always been like into like obviously medieval history. I've talked about that a lot. So I was like, I wanted to incorporate that somehow. So I was like, Warrior, Dogtown Warrior. That sounds so cool. Fun fact though, I've never skated in my life. It's just every time I stand on a, on a skateboard, <laughs> I have fallen off. The only time I've skateboarded is done as like an eight year old kid sitting down on the board and like oh, riding down a long hill. Jared, I have no on. ability for skateboarding at all. So why I thought this would be a good idea for me to combine the two, Dogtown Warrior, make it sound like I'm a badass skateboarder. It's, it's I terrible. like that you didn't even think to base it off of any of the other games that you like, like Civilization, for example. You know, yeah, you could have. I, I mean, with, I'm literally terrible. At you could have been names. like Milord Jarrett's Stronghold. It could have mm. been amazing. Yeah, I know, Mm-mm. I know. But you know, it's it's just it's just what I went you with, and now I'm stuck with, with it. And then that's honestly the top runner. No one steal it, please. I no, really I want it. Said, <laughs> we can cut this part out. We'll cut this part out. Oh, man. But, uh, but I don't think it'll let you do apostrophes. So it no, wouldn't so really I, work. It wouldn't work as well, so I'd have to figure it out. Yeah, it's like, how would I want the spelling? Would I want it to be, am I Lord Jarrett? So you still got, I, I mean, it could still work with even no I or E. It could still be just my Lord Jarrett, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> Alluding to my love of Stronghold games and all that stuff, you know, and how oh, I like to. Please name yourself Cow Malady. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. That's a good idea. I have so many good ideas, Jared. That's a good idea right <laughs> yes. there. And so now, like, I know on Xbox you have the ability, which mine now on there is Dogtown underscore Warrior. Or no, it's Dogtown Warrior, all one word, I believe, on Xbox, and it's Dogtown underscore Warrior on PSN. And you, you know, Xbox, you can change your name. You but have I didn't, to pay a fee, though, right? Right. But I didn't, and I think your first one's free, but then after that, you have to, you have to pay a fee. Uh, but I've never wanted to do it, so that way I'm easily identifiable and can be found across all platforms. So that's why I haven't done it yet until I could do it on both. But now the day has arrived. But uh, so a little bit of information on this. before. Uh, so this is from a PlayStation blog article uh, by Sid Schumann. 
PSN online ID change featuring inter- feature entering PlayStation preview program soon. So the preview program to kick off soon with full rollout for all PS4 users planned for early 2019. So the day is fast upon us. It's going to be great. Very nice. Uh, but basically, uh, the basic details on this is during the preview program, you will be able to change your online ID as many times as you want. The first change is free and changes after that will cost $9.99 USD and Canadian dollars. For PlayStation Plus members, it will only cost $4.99 US oh, and that's Canadian. that's a sweet little sweet. benefit. Okay. That is nice. After the first change, changes to online ID can be made through the settings menu or via the profile page of your PS4. Uh, so basically, though, there is... A little thing, though, that it could have some some issues with compatible games from, like, older generation of consoles. So, like, some PS3 games that might get a little wonky with, like, saves, trophies, and all that different stuff. Oh, okay. But for PS4 and and, everything, and ongoing, obviously, you shouldn't have any issues right. running into anything at all. So, look for that. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a great yeah. old time to finally have a new name that I like. Yeah, that's awesome. And they're basically matching and through the PS Plus discount, kind of beating what Microsoft already does with yeah, their... Yeah, I mean, $5 yeah. to be able to do it. I mean, I granted, mean, I'm not going to be nice. changing my name every day. Yeah. Unless I want to be one of those people who, I guess they set up new accounts or they make or they just went their first time but yeah. they like name their character like how many people like when overwatch first came out that you played against that they were like their names are based off overwatch characters right i'm gonna be cha- like i'm playing black ops i'm gonna be like jared black ops man <laughs> or something like that you know i don't know we'll figure it out but i mean five dollars i can change my name a lot i'm never changing my name i know you've got who a great, I am. Yeah, you've got a great name Levitz, Levitz. it's a Levitz. great it's a great one it's a great you know one. everybody online says lavitz and i don't know why because <sighs> they're dumb they are dumb they didn't play the greatest they game did, of all they time. Didn't. They missed out. I only know just because I've heard the s- hearsay, the, tales <laughs> the tales, of of the legends of the, the legend legends of, of the legends of Dragoon. Exactly. So I, I know all about it. I know I'm, I'm with you on how to say it. That's going to be what I title the reboot game: The Legends of the Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good name. I like it. I it's like it. It really, really rolls off the tongue. It does. It does. Uh, okay. So the other bit of news. This one actually came out today. I saw the story first this morning that apparently in a interview with New York Magazine, uh, co-founder of Rockstar Games Dan Hauser came out saying or suggested that it, that there were about that they at one point in the game's development, even though the game is being been developed or like being blah. I'll spit this out again. I'm tired. ACL bodegas, but they they hinted at. Or he suggested that at one point in the development cycle, they workers were putting in 100-hour weeks working on this. Now, obviously, we just came out of the fallout of Telltale being shut down, and obviously that due to mismanagement. And how, you know, bringing back the argument that game industry workers should be looking at unionizing and possibly getting that going so that stuff like this doesn't happen. Obviously, crunch has always been a big problem. That like They have this deadline. They feel like they have to hit it, so they're requiring people to work and just put in insane hours to get this stuff done. And in many cases, not paying them overtime. Exactly. Which is, that's a crime. Yeah. Like, that should be a crime. That's, and I think it's that just that's not one great. of the key it's not reasons a great part. to unionize. Boo. And Boo so, to that. Obviously, he said that, and the people obviously reacted with what no what do you mean good. people I saw, a couple, I saw a couple people even putting that out polls on twitter being like are you still planning on buying red dead 2 be knowing this news and all this stuff uh you know because of course it's, i it's, am people probably died to make this game <laughs> I mean, to and, honor and their that's memory. kind of the point and like in my head i was like i mean i get 
not buying it so that they don't do this. But also, these could have been very knee-jerk reactions to just hearing the news and being like, no, that's bad, without knowing, you know, any more backstory. Uh, But then also at the same time, it's like, but these people did put in so much work, and I feel like they should get rewarded for that. And if you don't buy the game, then they lose their job. How much would it suck if you put in a 100-hour work Uh, weeks on your game, and then people found out about that, and then didn't buy the game? Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. That would be be like a real backhanded (laughs) slap to the face. It's like, I'm doing this for you, but you're not. But you're hurting me. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. Uh, but anyway, so he came out, Dan Hauser, again, came out later this uh, this afternoon and clarified his statements. And so this is from a Polygon article. Rockstar response to blowback over Red Dead Redemption 2 teams 100-hour work weeks. Uh, this is by Allegra Frank. And so basically, Hauser came back out today and he said, so this is his quote, quote, there seems to be some confusion or confusion arising from my interview with Harold Goldberg in New York Magazine. After working on the game for seven years, the senior writing team, which consists of four people, Mike Unsworth, Rupert Humphreys, Laszlo, uh, which I believe is... What a fun name. He was, re- he was referenced, Laszlo Jones is another writer, um, and myself, Dan Hauser, had, as we always do, three weeks of intense work where we wrapped everything up. Three weeks, not years. We have all worked together for at least 12 years now and feel we need to get the, we need this to get everything finished. After so many years of getting things organized and ready on this project, we needed this to check and finalize everything. More importantly, we obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way. Across the whole company, we have some senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about a project or their particular work, and we believe that passion shows in the games we release. But that additional effort is a choice, and we don't ask or expect anyone to work anything like this. Lots of other senior people, senior people work in an entirely different way and are just as productive. I'm just not one of them. No one, senior or junior, is ever forced to work hard. Oh, that's good to know. I want to work at Rockstar then. Apparently, you just coast. Uh, Apparently my words. Just my words, not Dan's. Put that on your resume when you apply. Dan said. Dan said it would be fine if I put in minimum effort. And I wouldn't effort. be forced. Uh, but he, he concludes with, I believe we go to great lengths to run a business that cares about its people and to make the company a great place for them to work. And, you know, from Rockstar's track record, that seems to make sense. You really don't hear many controversies or anything coming out of Rockstar. You don't, and especially in the case of senior management, obviously one of the behind-the-scenes things that I assume probably is true is typically for completing a major project, most corporations or businesses give their top-level execs bonuses. Right. So they probably are going to get some sort of compensation, I assume in the form of a cash bonus, you know, a monetary bonus, for putting in all these extra hours. And to say, too, like, he says it's not enforced, but, you know... To look at this in a in a slightly devil's advocate way of like, sure, he's saying it's not enforced, but maybe there's still pressure put on people. Oh, so yeah, this doesn't necessarily clear them of saying this doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, but it still it does shed a little bit more light on it, which I think was necessary due to a lot of the knee jerk reactions I was seeing. Yeah, um, on Twitter and others and other outlets talking about how bad this is. Right. Because obviously, yeah, if Rockstar as a whole is forcing people to do hundred plus hour work weeks, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no delay one the game. should be working. Delay that the long. game yeah, if it's not ready. Exactly. But it is cool. Just a little bit of facts though that he does that Hauser was talking about in his uh, interview with New York Magazine about the game. He said that if the magazine is, and this is in the Polygon article still, Hauser told the magazine that the entire script of Red Dead Redemption 2, if stacked, quote, would be eight feet high, and that the game features 500,000 lines of dialogue. The game's NPCs have 80-page scripts, said writer Laszlo Jones. Man, what do I have to do to become a voice actor for an NPC in Red Dead? Seriously, I would do it. I I mean, I could, you know, like, I can sound Western. I'll make small talk. I can sound like a cowboy. (laughs) I can 
giddy up, pony boy. Stay golden, pony, you know, all that stuff. Or we'll it's just high do, noon. Yeah, we'll just do our best McCree impressions and it'll be fine. Back into the mix. You know, it's, it's all good. Oh, no, I'm going to do my best Reba McIntyre impression. Oh, okay. she's She's my country lady do role it. model. On here. No, I can't. I have to practice. <laughs> She deserves to be respected. Howdy, y'all. But heck, she does not sound like that. I you know, bastard. that was just me. That was just me doing you it. in the face. Howdy. Ooh, or Dolly Parton. Giddy up, little prairie them. dogs. Okay, I don't I'm think anybody out. says that. Prairie do- First yeah. of all, that's offensive to prairie dogs. They need to know to hurry along, too, you know. Herding, you can't just herd cows. Sometimes okay. you got to herd the prairie dogs, too. So, sure. Sure. But anyways, that's all the stories that I had. Sure. My goodness. What is up I'm with you sorry. today? I told you. I know. I'm just kidding. But the main topic of today, we like I said, uh, another reason we're recording on Monday is because I need, I need more time to get into this game here a little bit. And that is, I'm going to start off with my first impressions, now that it's actually out and no longer playing in beta, of Black, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Um a couple episodes back, a few weeks ago, I did talk about the beta of the Blackout, the new Battle Royale version, and I went into that pretty ex- extensively. So I'm not going to focus on that as much, more just the other mechanics and parts of the game. And just to clarify, the one of the more unique factors of this game is that it does not have a single-player campaign. Right. right. Is that correct? It is. So that's, I guess that's a good place to start, because that's every, what everybody was really talking about, and one of the things that really did stir everyone's ire, I guess, about this, is that, yeah, they said several months before the game's release that there was not going to be a single-player campaign for this, which there's always been one in Call of Duty. And a lot of people saw it as like another nail in the coffin of single player games. You know, like when that when that started coming out with uh, the, a lot of the, the fallout of Battlefield Two, is everybody's like, "What? Single player games are dying." But obviously, they're not because we've had God of War. We're about to have Red Dead Redemption Two, Spider Man, all these other big games. So that's not that's not a real fear. But still, a lot of people are like, "Wait, is this another just advancement in that, that we're starting to turn away from this?" But honestly. In my opinion, the the campaigns of Call of Duty lately have not been that great. And I mean, from an outsider perspective, as someone that has never played Call of Duty, I have never once thought of Call of Duty as an entity as being a single player game right. ever. It's it always has been always existed in my mind as a multiplayer game, right? One that is often trashed here, but you know, it's primarily a multiplayer game, and I do feel like that has always been Call of Duty's primary market, right? Right. So for them to fully embrace what I assume is their primary market, which is online gaming, why not? Why not? Why not trim the fat? Just focus on what you're good at, right? And especially because they did put in this new. Um, you know the new uh, battle royale mode. There's a lot more to this game, and and, and honestly, I've I've been in what I've played with it so far. I don't feel like it's missing. So a little bit of backstory in the ones that I've played. Like I played Call of Duty World War Two multiplayer though. Like I haven't even touched its campaign yet, and it came out over a year ago or almost a year ago. Because early why November. would you? Well, why would you it play just, it? I don't know. Like I just haven't. I haven't got around to it. I've been playing. I've been playing other story. Th- no, that's what I'm things. saying. I'm saying, why would you play yeah, a like, subpar single player campaign right. when there are better options out there? Like at that time, Assassin's Creed Origins and stuff like that. Now I've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so I don't need this Black Ops Four single player campaign. I you got really Assassin's don't, Creed. exactly. But, um, but honestly, and so they came out though, and they did talk about a bunch of the different reasons about you know. They, saying that like it's just an advancement in the development cycle. They're trying something new, and and honestly, so far from what I've played, I feel like it pays off because what was it? Infinite Warfare was the one before World War II, and it was its story was very was not well received. Black Ops Three, well, I think, was the full the last campaign 
that I did play of a Call of Duty game, and it was bad. I talked about it before a little bit. It just wasn't good. It was so... I, it just it just seemed to be going everywhere, but didn't tell a cohesive story. They had a lot of like stars in it, like Christopher Maloney, Katie Sackhoff, and a couple other people. Did we talk about that one when we did Games We Hate? I think we talked about it when we did Best and Worst in a Series. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so, honestly, I'm okay with it. I understand like some people might be upset and, and, and might be missing it, but from we now have instead of the campaign, we do have the the black ops. I mean the blackout. Sorry, blackout battle royale mode, which is great. And so I will also go ahead and just touch on that very briefly. It's not a whole lot different from the beta, from what I talked about. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that, go back listen to that. Do episode. the piles of coal look any better? That was Battlefield Five. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> the, the graphics does do look a little bit better. I feel like from the beta. Uh, again, I'm not playing on PC. I mean, I'm playing on on Xbox One, so it's very. Uh, you know, so I don't get uh, quite as much graphical power as there would be with a PC Burn. or stuff point, like that. Point or, for somebody else, other than or Xbox. even maybe a, an Xbox One X or PS4 Pro. But it's it still looks great and it still runs very well. I actually haven't had a crash in that at all <laughs> since since I've started since I've been playing it. Uh, they small different things like I I notice now that you do have the ability when you loot a dead uh, an eliminated player if you loot them you can. If they had armor that was badly damaged, you can have that. You can sometimes loot now scraps of metal that will repair your armor, which oh, was not in the beta. That's nice. Um, the one thing though is it is seeming to be sticking at eighty-eight players is like still the max right now. So I don't know because in the beta they were testing around with getting up to hundred. Eventually, it started I think with eighty or eighty-eight players when the beta launched, and then when near the ends of the beta they did eventually bump it to up to 100 but so far it's not there now so i don't know if they're still like tweaking things in the background but i mean i haven't noticed the I difference wonder what the reasoning for that is like is that just a well it's a big map for one it's a lot of there's a lot of different varying locations and different things like that so i'm imagining it's just to help lower server load because there are also there's there's uh vehicles there's you know water environments lots of tall buildings so i'm i'm assuming it's just to help performance you know, and as they maybe patch things out and have more development, fine tune it a little bit more because obviously this is Call of Duty's first foray into the battle royale genre. I'm assuming that might we could. I, w- I would expect we could see the number go up. I wonder if, in terms of map capacity, like the size of the map, if players like per capita is something that's going into the equation. I'm sure it because, has I mean, some thought in theory, into it. Yeah. You know, if you're making a massive map, you wouldn't want too many players to be in any one area at any given time. Right. So maybe that's part of the reason. Yeah. I'd be really interested to actually learn more about what goes into that kind of decision-making process. Do that. We should like, what's that. the difference from the developer side of 80 versus 88 versus 100 people? Right. That's fascinating. Where's, we should do where's this. That Team Chat Investigates. <laughs> Team Chat Investigates. <laughs> um, but, but so, no. So I've still really enjoyed it. I'm actually doing pretty well in it. Uh, I've already had – I haven't won any games yet. But I have had several where I got into the top five and several where I've gotten into the top ten. And I've only had a handful of games where I actually didn't kill anybody before I was killed. And I usually average three to four kills per per match. I actually had a match earlier today I was playing just to, you know, still getting my skill, familiarizing myself with it before we did this or this review and everything. And I actually got five kills and everything. Two of them were in water. It was pretty awesome. It was a good match. I think when I played the Titanfall 2 beta, I averaged... About one kill per five hours. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> See, I will say, Battlefield, I mean, not Battlefield, Black Ops and Titanfall, 
feel now they feel very similar really titanfall 2 i would say is a very way more mobile of a multiplayer like because you can have the big grapple guns there is characters in this in black ops 4 that do have a grapple gun you can use a grapple gun even in blackout and a normal multiplayer but just because of how titanfall is with the mechs and and your more advanced armor suits and everything like that it is a bit more mobile and moving and movement based but still they kind of they kind of have that slick feel to them both which i really enjoy uh, so talking about the main multiplayer stuff, there is actually still some story to it, to the multiplayer. So when you start it and you, you can go to the specialist HQ because this does keep the specialists, the specialist uh, feature from Black Ops 3, which is instead of just having a nondescript soldier that you play as, you can choose a specialist that have a set skills uh, set skills i choose right now i've been playing with profit because that's who i played with in black ops 3 oh, okay. he has this like uh, once you charge up his his uh, special his uh, special ability basically his ultimate his ultimate thank you that's what i was looking for <laughs> is uh is this rifle called the tempest that shoots out an electrical charge and will like stun enemies and you can like double tap them with it and it kills them that was called the shock like a sniper rifle, rifle uh in unreal tournament there you go Boom. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, We're all it's the, the same, same thing. It's great. It shoots purple uh, lasers, right? And so one ch- difference, though, in, in this one is he also has a shock mine or a secret mine, sorry, which basically is this wheeled, mine, uh, wheeled vehicle that he just throws out and it goes out and finds the, the nearest target, enemy target, and it will shock them and zap them. And it could even like chain and get multiple people if they're in close enough proximity. Then you just run up and, you know, shoot them and stuff. It's a really awesome tool. Um, well, like I said, it still keeps a very fast paced. It, you have to be moving a lot. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of time to sit still. You can, like if you're a sniper, there are areas where you can camp and sit it down and like find, you know, post up and be, have good coverage. But really, you do have to be moving a lot because everybody is very mobile. Everybody is very quick. Uh, and with all the different specials and abilities that all these different things have, you can really, it lends itself w- really well to having good team play. I played as another one of the, the specialists called Crash, who he's more of a medic role. He can drop, like his, instead of having the secret mine, he drops an assault pack, basically a lot of ammo, an ammo dump for huh. everybody to come pick up on. His his ultimate is he heals like the whole team. He get you know, he recharges gotcha. them. Because that is one thing that is different from previous Call of Duties and even previous Black Ops, Black Ops games is in this one. There is no automatic health regeneration oh, in multiplayer. Okay. Gotcha. Um, same even in Blackout too. So you have to get a health pack or have well this guy because crash everybody guy. has. He can help, but every character does have a the left bumper on the controller is your heal button. So you basically like you know stim pack. Oh, it's a healing thing. surge, and gotcha. it recharges. So, but it's not, and then you can use it. So you can use it multiple times in per life. But if you get shot to five health, that's not going to automatically regenerate if you get behind cover and just hide. Right. So okay. it's, it's an interesting aspect to that because then also another big change is that each character, each person does not come automatically quick. Normally in past Call of Duty games, you've had uh, the left bumper has been like your assist explosive device like a flashbang concussion grenade something like that a, a more of a utility whereas right bumper has been your grenade your lethal grenade basically this one is not the case because left bumper is your heel right bumper is your specialist specific equipment like the secret mine or something like that some specialists do have like one ajax he does have a nine bang like flash grenade basically uh, other ones do have a no- normal frag grenade, but you can't. So at the outset, 
you don't just automatically have those equipped, which is a big difference and something that I'm still having to kind of adjust to because I still have so many times where I want to throw a flashbang into a room to kind of stun it to see if there's anybody in there, but I can't because I don't have one equipped and my secret mind's not charged up and ready to go. Right. So it does have a little bit more gameplay. I feel like it makes you play more aggressive and you have to be playing and moving and running around more consistently rather than relying on these more old tactics of call of duty so i really feel like it breathes it does give it that fresh new feeling basically from older call of duty games that's really funny to describe the previous mechanics as old though because i remember back in my day back in the laura croft like original games you all could you there was no regenerating health you had to get a health oh yeah that was a very that was very much a but it was like never a thing where you could hide behind cover and you just naturally regenerate health this new laura man she's a real wuss she can't take the hits like old laura can (laughs) it's just really interesting to like see this trend kind of viewed from the newer consumer as a new mechanic when in reality it's actually kind of an older one making a comeback which is cool i think it's cool yeah no i think it's a really neat idea to take away the crutch of the new gamer yeah i i yeah i definitely like it it definitely feels because you have to get to cover to do your stim pack or to, to get your health recharged or, you know, you just cut blaze of glory I really and that. wish that instead of like a cool looking action movie kind of stem pack that you just like had to get out a box of band-aids, Band-Aids. and you just, ouchies, Ouch. <laughs> you have like a little neosporin spray. Please <laughs> don't hurt me really quick. I'm, I'm, t- I'm Oh, that would be so funny. That would be really funny. <laughs> Uh, so I feel like that that in and of itself has breathed a lot of new of, of of fresh air, a breath of fresh air, basically into the game because it it just makes you have to rethink and retool what you're used to with the game, and it, and it's in a small way too. It's not like they did this all huge overhaul of it or and everything. It's just a small little tweak. Uh, the normal perk system is back where you can have ten slots basically. Then you can once you unlock the ability to make custom classes, which is not until you hit level five in multiplayer, you. And then you can start messing around, but you have 10 slots. You can fill those out and change and customize as much as you want, and you unlock more things the more you play, obviously. Uh, standard multiplayer advancement, basically. Um, they do have some new modes. I, now, granted, I don't. I know these aren't in World War II, and they weren't in Black Ops 3, so I'm assuming these are new modes for, the, for Black Ops 4. Control and Heist. Now, they've always had... Um, domination, which is where there are three points in the map. You hold them and, you know try to re- hold them for as long as you can while the enemy comes in, reclaims, and then you have to go back and reclaim. This one is, there are two spots, A and B, in control. And you would be defending them or attacking them, basically. And the rounds would be if they were able to secure one or both of the of the spots. And so it, it just it's just kind of like, it's similar to Domination because it's still like area control, basically. Right. But it just is a new way because they also have Hardpoint, which is where this cha- ever-changing location on the map that you have to hold huh. is another mode, which that's been very constant in Call of Duty for years now. But this is an, just like another fun little spin on it. Gotcha. And I liked it a lot. The other one, Heist, I had a lot of fun with. It sounds really fun. Is it just like Ocean's 8? Yes. It is exactly like that. Danny Ocean comes on screen. And he's talking to, telling you exactly what you're going to have to do, and you know, and so that, and there you go, and you go off and accomplish your mission. But it is a uh, turn, like not turn based, but does it, it does it play like a traditional JRPG where like you've got four guys, <laughs> and you've got your menu? That'd be really funny. <laughs> That'd be really funny. But no, it, it plays it plays more in rounds. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, where there are 
potentially it's the best of four, whoever can win four. So technically there would be eight to nine rounds, potential rounds. And you don't, you can be knocked down and then eliminated and you don't respawn until the next round basically. But there's this cash that you got to grab in the, in the, in the map. And then you'll go to like an extraction place and you'll have to try to extract it all before that you're either, your whole team is either you eliminate the other team or the enemy team eliminates all of you. Or if you're able to extract it before they kill you. And so it just was a little bit more. It's one that is fun even while playing with randoms, but could be a lot of fun if you were with a group of your friends and like really communicating and talking about like how to, how to attack it and all that stuff. So, and, but, oh, because the thing about it too, that was really cool is you start off with just a pistol. Everybody starts off with a pistol and then you have $500 that you can then spend to buy either like a flashbang, a new weapon. And then after each round, you have you get more money, so you can unlock more and more stuff. Who's in charge of the money decisions? Like, is there a treasurer? I believe like the team. <laughs> not appointed. I'm, I'm imagining it's just an algorithm. I wish algorithm, that at the know. beginning of every game you had to hold like elections of who got to be yeah, treasurer. That'd be pretty fun. But uh, but so that that was a really fun new mode that I really enjoyed playing. And so you know, it's got your standard team deathmatch, free for all, domination, hard point. Like I said, then there are also hardcore modes, which basically are like you get shot once and you die. So you know. <laughs> of, of several of these modes. So it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed that. Um, let's see. What else do I got here? I do have a very important question. Yes. So this is the most important part of the game for me. Okay. Okay. What are the romancing options like? There are none. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I can't play this game. That's a, it's um, a hard no from me. But to circle back real quick to one thing <laughs> about saying that there was still kind of a story. If you go to the specialist, this one area of the game called Specialist to HQ, you can choose to do trainings with all the different training missions with all the different specialists so you can understand how to use their abilities and uh, how to work well with all the others. And those do have like some cutscenes and tie that do tie back in to previous the the previously established storylines of the Black Ops games. Okay. So there is a slight campaign mode. But it's a, more but like it's a, more like just like tied into the multiplayer kind of a la Overwatch comics. You might say that it's more or, like or adding characterization cinematics. as yeah. opposed to adding a plot. Per right, se. exactly. So you do get a slight story, just not what you would expect from a normal campaign of course. mode. Um, Which again, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I don't Call, either. Call of Duty really has I'm no honestly, business trying to tell great stories. Well, because it's got it's the, just not it, their it, forte. It, this one is really set up, I feel like, to be more of an esport. Like they've done esports before. They have the Call of Duty World League and of all course. that. So there's, but yeah, w- with Blackout, the Blackout mode is awesome. I'm going to be spending so much time there. The the multiplayer in and of itself is very much the multiplayer that I like. Because even though the campaign of Black Ops Three was not very good, the multiplayer was great. And the mechanics and the, you know, and, and I mean, to be fair, Call of Duty multiplayer and gameplay and combat and gunplay and all that has been very good. That's, that's always been one of the hallmarks of the series. So it's good to kind of have a great feeling multiplayer and everything. And the Black Ops adds that new dimension. The zombies mode, there is the zombies mode. I've never really played that that much. I did play a little bit of it uh, today and and before this just so I could talk about it a little bit. It does 
throw in some new things like you can make and this could be new to me not necessarily new to the series but just because i don't play it really but you you can make like custom loadouts there are some new power-ups and and everything there now like it's it has like these god abilities that you can unlock but like the like you can go find these like shrines that basically will grant a special ability or something to your team by undoing it. But it's still like the, the this, power of Christ compels you. No, it's more the power oh. of Ra or oh. the power of Zeus compels you. Oh. Kind of stuff like that. Not necessarily Jesus Christ. I really wish it were just like exercising the dead. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, be really, really funny. funny. <laughs> but but it still it holds some of the the old characters from the from the zombies past zombies campaigns and past Black Ops campaigns. Um, and so I played it. It's fun. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but I understand. I see the attraction because it is the the horde based, like horde right. mode shooter, which yeah. that's fun. It can't be fun to dally around if you're if you're, if into, you're that. into that, which is not necessarily. I'm all about the blackout mode. If there were a special mode for Call of Duty, any of them, mm-hmm. where you were just one lone guy going into a town and your job was just to exercise demons. I would be all about that. that like you're, like you're still game. in your regular, you're still in like your regular like army outfit, right. but you just also happen to have like a little crucifix and you're you like, have the, like power the, of... the priest collar? No, no you're just you a regular that. dude. You're just like rolling around that. trying to exercise. You maybe aren't even good at it, yeah. but you can try. There we go. You can try I, to I, save I, their I play souls. I play that game. I have ideas. Who makes Call of Duty? Uh, Active I have ideas, Activision. Treyarch, <laughs> Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer. Uh, yeah, give me a call. I've got some super things that you should listen to. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, that's really it. Uh, like I said, it's being that it is a multiplayer game, the more I play, the more I'll probably un- unlock and figure out, especially as I play with more specialists, play more in the modes and figure out how, how to more fine-tune those. And as I get farther into the blackout into the blackout mode, see what they do with that, how it changes and progresses over time. You know, I'm sure it's going to be like Fortnite, PUBG. As it goes out more, they'll right. roll out more changes, more patches, and different things like that. So, as if as I play, more things come up that I'm like, you know, what, I need to talk about that. I will. But for now, if you're a fan of Call of Duty and you do and you have loved previous Black Ops titles and you and you're loving Battle Royale, I would say give it a go. All right, because I think it's uh, I you do think, it's, think a it's solid. I think edition. it's a solid addition. I've had a ton of fun playing it because, like like I said, the gameplay mechanics and everything of Call of Duty have always been fun. But even playing World War II, the the last year's Call of Duty edition, it's just not I don't know. I'm just it's it just, just it's just not the hitting sparkle. the buttons. Yeah. I don't know which is weird because that's what Call of Duty started as, not this like futuristic shooter. But I mean, I guess there's evolution and development and changes that happen in any games, you know, like we're seeing with the Assassin's Creed series and how the big changes that it's taking. But I don't know. This one feels right again All it right. kind of it kind of feels to me like i like i did with titanfall 2 like you've it's come just, home yeah, yeah yeah that really is a good way to put it so if you're into that play black ops 4 it's a great time and if you want to play with me on xbox do Doge so. town warrior dark town warrior all one word there you go you can play with me join i even have you you'll know it's me because i have the i put this as like you can do the clan tag and i did tcp so nice. if you want to be part of team of clan uh, team chat podcast uh, hit me up let's do this now when people see you on the enemy team they're gonna be like oh boy everybody shoot that guy everybody shoot that guy <laughs> all right well so oh, that's, pretty, that's basically all i have on that what is uh what 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 are you gonna be talking about today? so Speaking of coming home, mm-hmm. I'm kind of backtracking a little bit to make my own convenient segue. Okay. Uh, part of, of course, my favorite thing about fall, which I'm putting fall in some big air quotes here because in Notice Texas... we're both wearing we, long sleeves. Yeah, now I'm we are hoodie. actually it's both great. wearing long sleeves, but most of the time in Texas, 
And we don't get like cold or chilly weather nah. in fall. No. We get a little bit of it in January, maybe a little in February, mm. and then we're back into like spring and summer. Right. Which so is like it degrees. is fascinating then that all of a sudden it is cold and rainy and like legitimately fall esque here. Oh, it's and it's like, oh my God. Today's what? literally the first, the first day of sweater weather here. It really is. It's great. What perfect weather then to really pick up and really start investing a lot of time into one of my favorite genres of gaming, horror games. Mm. And not even, I'm, I'm using the word horror in a very broad sense. Right. I apply that to anything that is even mildly spooktacular. I mean, it can just be environmentally spooky uh, like for example the vanishing of ethan carter that wasn't necessarily a horror game except for the one jump scare that really got me <laughs> that uh, it was primarily based on atmosphere all the way up to games that are just like pure horror like amnesia series for example mm-hmm. uh so the game that i've been playing recently really was a recommendation by bro mogan uh and he's really enjoying it as well i think he's farther than i am but i'm going to be talking today about night in the woods which, if you're not familiar with Night in the Woods, this is... Oh, let me, actually, I pulled up some information on it just okay. so that we can give credit where Little credit facts. is due. So, Night in the Woods, uh, circa 2017. This game was developed by Infinite Na- Infinite Fall. I was going to say Infinite Lab. I don't know why I would say that. But yeah, how appropriate. Fall, right? Anyways, I don't think that has anything to do with their just developer name. Uh, but it's from Infinite Fall, and the art directors in particular that I want to highlight are Scott Benson and Charles Hughes. Sure hope I said that right. And then on the writing team, again, another big strength of the uh, of the game is Bethany Hawkenberry and mm. Scott Benson again. Good Scott <laughs> so, Benson. Yeah, so good old Scott Benson uh, and Bethany Hawkenberry. What a fun name. Uh, so this is a indie game for starters, or at least what I would consider to be an indie game. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I could be remembering this wrong, but I think Night in the Woods may have been nominated at least for a couple of indie game related awards. That sounds right. If you want to look d- that up for me yeah. while, while, while I uh, talk more about the game, if you're not familiar with Night in the Woods, it is, first of all, a very short game. Um, I think you could probably finish it in Maybe, like, if you really stretched it out, or, well, if you did it very quickly, maybe like six hours. If you really stretched it out, more like eight to ten. So it's definitely not a long game. It's much more of a short, uh, long weekend experience, you might say. And as far as the game uh, story is concerned, um, you're kind of people, but not really, because the art style of the game has everybody as anthropomorphic animals. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're humans, and they act very humanoid. It's not like people meow or hiss like snakes or anything like that, but everybody is based off of an animal. So you play as main character May Borowski? I might be remembering her last name wrong, but her first name is May, M-A-E, and she is an anthropomorphic cat. And she's about 20 years old, and the whole premise of the game is that she has just come home. Ha, 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 because see. she dropped out of college. Segway comes yeah, back around. Segway, it's coming back around. We're coming home, you guys. Uh, so the entire start of the game is you are May getting off a bus in your old town, Possum Springs. And it's late at night. She gets off the bus. No one is in the bus station at all except for a janitor. Her family, her parents, her mom and dad, got her return date wrong. So they're not even at the bus station to pick her up. And I guess there's no cell phone reception in Possum Springs because, like, there's a payphone on the wall but somebody ripped off the phone, you know, as you do, as people are wanting right, to do. Right, because who needs payphones So anymore? she can't even really, like, call her parents, so she's like, well, 
guess I'll walk. Uh, and the entire game's play is very, uh, very simplistic, and I really wouldn't say anything to brag about. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mm -hmm. just mean that the gameplay mechanics aren't the feature of the game. Right. You know, you're not playing it for really tight controls like in speedrunning games or uh, killer platformers like Celeste, for example. It's not that kind of game, although it is technically a platformer. So the artistic stylings are fantastic. Um, the characters are all designed very thoughtfully, very unique. I don't think I've yet seen two characters that looked exactly the same. Like, May is a cat. Her parents are both cats, and they kind of look like older versions of her. Uh, there are bird people. Mm -hmm. uh, one of her best friends is a fox, I think. Another's like a bear. So I think one's an alligator, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not entirely on the fence about whether or not I think she's an alligator. Because she's not green, she's kind of blue. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what you are. I think you're an alligator, kind of but you might just be a large lizard. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's a mystery. Uh, but of course, the town of Possum Springs is your primary setting. And the platforming is very minimalistic, but very fun and interesting in that there are uh, power lines everywhere because it's a regular town, right? And you can, for example, hop on top of a mailbox, hop onto a tree branch, hop on top of some power lines, scale the power lines, and then hop on top of a roof, and then hop on top of some window ledges. And it just is, like, very nice. It has a very natural flow to it, so the game's pacing is very uh, appropriate for the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like Assassin's Creed, right. where you're going around scaling stuff all willy-nilly like Stabby an assassin. Stab. Yeah, you're not doing that. You're just scaling stuff for fun. But it makes sense, then, and plays into the fact that you're a cat. It does, yes. Uh, I think other people can do it, too, but you might be especially good at it, because you're a kitty cat. You're on your feet if you fall. Yeah, you do. There's no fall damage. There's no health <laughs> bar. So there's no health. Well, then it's not a real game. It's not a real game. There's no health. There's no fighting. There's really only very min minimalistic platforming. I've only encountered one or two puzzles, and I really hesitate to call them that because it's really not what they are. They're mm -hmm. just how you progress through the game. Uh, but the entire point of Night in the Woods, and of course I haven't beaten it yet, but this is uh, what I'm really going to make my full review of the game because I don't think that there's much further that I can go before I'm at the end, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't want to go too deep into the story because that would definitely spoil what is really the crux of the game is the story. Mm -hmm. So May's return home is very much um, framed... I wouldn't necessarily say as a failure, but the tone of the game has a very heavy sense of ennui. I think I'm saying that word right. Like that sense of just sort of nihilistic kind of existence doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Why are we all here? Why are we even doing this? Why would anybody go to college? What's the point? Those are really kind of the questions that Night in the Wood uh, tends to address. And it's interesting that it takes such an approach to these because your main character of May, as far as I've learned so far, is really the least likable person in the game. Oh, really? Um, so she's 20 years old. She's a college dropout, only made it through sophomore year. And in terms of her personality, she kind of sucks. Like, she's really not very likable. Uh, she tends to say a lot of thing to her, things to her friends that aren't very nice. She's kind of socially like a bit of a screw-up. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, I haven't quite gotten to the bottom of this yet, but apparently there was an event in her past where she got into a fight with some other kid, I guess, and put him in the hospital. And so everyone in town, it's a small town, everybody remembers this apparently, and they're all like, you're going to go crazy again? So apparently she's 
had some issues in the past with anger management. It's uh, mentioned a couple of times that she's required to see a therapist, I think, who Mm -hmm. has her journaling. And one of the things that may have actually been a trophy system in the case of Steam, because the game, I think, is available on Steam and maybe PlayStation. I'm actually not sure. It's on PlayStation. I, and I Xbox, think it's on I'm PlayStation sure. and Xbox, but I'm playing it on Switch. And as you all know, one of the biggest failures of Nintendo is the lack of a trophy system. God, it kills me. They really need to get on top of that. So I do think yeah, it's, that the, it's out for everything. Okay. So I think that one of the trophy mechanics of the game that is unfortunately lost by playing the Switch version is I'm pretty sure that her journal doodles might be trophies. That's just like a hunch that I have. But for example, I've got a few blank pages in my journal where nothing is there. So I don't necessarily think that it's like a tracking system. I think it's more like a trophy system. So I'm trying to get as many drawings as I can by doing any type of interaction that might prompt May to do a drawing. Uh, but where was I going with this? I really got off track. I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the point is um, cool. May is not... She's not necessarily a good person. Um, You know, there's nothing especially bad or wrong with her. It's just that she's kind of, she's kind of got a shitty personality. Mm -hmm. Uh, She really talks down to her parents um, at a number of points where I was like, wow, that's really uncool to say. There's a particular conversation where I think she uh, outright accuses, she doesn't accuse them, but she basically says something to her parents to the extent of, you guys are stupid for spending all of that money on me to send me to college because I just dropped out anyways. Like basically calling them idiots for trying to send her to college and get her an education and make her, you know, presumably a little bit of a more well-rounded person. And she just really shits on them for that. And it's like, why are you like this? And I think that that's unfortunately part of how the game is trying to, not unfortunately, but it's an unfortunate part of May's personality that leads to the game's primary storytelling mechanic. Obviously, if there's no conflict in the game, it's not like it has fighting. Mm-hmm. But So if there are no character conflicts, you don't really learn what Night in the Woods is trying to tell you. So I will say that in terms of themes and games' strengths, one of the strengths is the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is fall when May comes home. It's very like environmentally appropriate for this time of year. You do have a number of really interesting dream sequences because May has like a day and night cycle. Um, so that when she goes to sleep, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't get this really interesting dream sequence where the colors are very like neon and inverted and weird shit happens mm-hmm. and really cool music plays. Actually, we're going to feature um, one of the tracks at the end of this episode because Ooh. it's very cool. Uh, the dream sequences are really one of the highlights, I would say, in terms of spooky atmosphere. Uh, but more than anything else, I will say that gamers beware or be on alert for good things. The pacing of Night in the Woods is very slow. Um, I've heard, I, I felt this myself, and I kind of, actually I had a funny a funny interaction with the internet, because I was like a few hours into the game, like maybe three hours, three to four hours in, and I had the thought, when does this game get good? And I oh. typed into Google, when does Night in the Woods, and it like auto-completed for me, get good. Like <laughs> So apparently other people, other people are also the out there thought. wondering, when is this game going to pick up? When is it going to get good? And I don't think that it's a knock against it that you have that question, because I think that that's part of the point. The point is, life doesn't ever really get good necessarily. Sometimes life is just living day to day, 
just doing the best that you can given the circumstances. And the entire town of Possum Springs is really not a happy place, I wouldn't say, because the setting is that it's a decaying mining town. You know, Mm. it's kind of a situation that a lot of America is in right now, where it's these post-industrial cities that have lost a lot of their manufacturing, they've lost what is essentially their economic livelihood, and now the town is just kind of in this slow state of decay, where people are all kind of feeling this very run-down emotion all the time, just because they can see it. Stores are closing, people are moving away, uh, people are losing their jobs right and left, and they're not necessarily getting them back. So the game is really kind of about that. That's a, a big part of the storytelling is just that, you know what? Sometimes life just really sucks. Sometimes it doesn't get better. Sometimes it's just going to be bad. And it's a hard lesson to learn, of course, for any person growing up and or growing down in some cases. I do feel like May does a lot of growing down. Yeah. Uh, So a lot of the interactions with her friends, you know, because these are her old friends. She hasn't been home in two to three years. She's missed a lot, but she comes back home and she feels like she hasn't changed at all. Meanwhile, everybody around her has. Other people have grown up. They've gotten better in themselves. They've gotten better in their own relationships. And so in a lot of ways, she's very left behind And it's kind of nobody's fault but her own. Like, she's made the choices that she has to be where she currently is. Uh, So without revealing too much about the story, um, I will say that it's a slow burn. It's not like... There's there's a couple of really intriguing uh, story mechanics that are kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. I think I might get to those more towards the end of the game, but I haven't gotten there yet. So in terms of it being a big wow factor game i don't think it's that kind it is more of that slow burn narrative storytelling experience which has its place it has its place Uh, i i do think that it's a good game for the type of gamer that would gravitate towards this i am enjoying it even at the times where i feel like wow nothing is happening it i just have to remind myself oh yeah that's the point Mm -hmm. sometimes you have days where nothing happens Sometimes you get a virus on your computer and you have to go ask a friend to fix it. And that's the whole day. And it's like, well, yeah, occasionally life just kind of is boring and it sucks. Uh, So I might have different thoughts about it once I actually finish the game. But from I'm, I'm pretty far into it. And from what I can tell, it's kind of it. So I wouldn't necessarily give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I think that it just depends very heavily on the kind of gamer that you are. So if this is what you're looking for, play it. It's not a full price game. Obviously, it's very short. Uh, It's available for almost everything. You can probably get it on sale a couple Mm -hmm. of different places. Uh, And uh, it's worth it to have the experience, but not for everyone. You would hate it. You would have such a bad time. It is definitely not. It it, it doesn't. It it definitely. I remember when it coming out and everything and hearing about it, that it did get a lot. It did get some pretty. Uh, it was very well received and everything, but yeah, it's, I can just tell it's not. But it is fun to hear about it, you know, and it, and it is nice to hear that, like, you're enjoying it with everything. That I, you're I, I even playing. know that, for example, like, Sam would mm-hmm. also hate it because she hates talking. Yeah. If and it's there's so, she, a lot of talking in yeah, this game. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, slight detour, we did um, this last week, or maybe it was the week before. Uh, Overcooked Two came out with its first set of DLC. Which oh we boy! So we've been we we haven't finished it yet because we haven't had time. But we did play it one uh, one night and got it to it. And it's hard. Well, you couldn't play Overcooked Two because you were living, we were living Overcooked it. Two. That's right. That's right. So it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. But we've been playing that. Um, 
But a circle bike around, it does, yes, have trophies if you're playing on PS, PS4 or what Xbox. What the hell? Team. I knew it. It's got like 32 as well. Oh, my God. Like. I'm so mad now. Um, and, but Come on, Nintendo. Really, though? Like, why do they why? not? Like, honestly, like, I still keep picking up and going back and playing uh, Breath of the Wild. And if I had things I know I could shoot for. You're just so goal-oriented. Well, I mean, honestly, though, but like in, in games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or in bigger games like that in RPGs, a lot of it of what ch- helps decide what I do and where I go is to unlock these these trophies. Yeah. And so, and plus I help that, I feel like that helps me more learn and explore and enjoy the game. And so, and with Breath of the Wild especially, I just keep coming back to it. I'm just like, what am I doing? You know? I mean, I, you know, that, I, that type of gaming isn't for everyone, right? You, which, and I mean, I still keep coming back to it. I still keep trying to give it a shot. It's just going to take me years before I finish it. I guess there's nothing wrong with that. You're savoring it. Exactly. You're it's, savoring just, it's gonna, the It's going to be a fine wine by the time I do finish it. I'm like, my God, this game by the time I finish. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going for. Uh, but to circle back again, also, yes, it was uh, nominated for quite a few awards, actually, between South by Southwest, Gamers Voice Awards, Golden St- Joystick Awards, Game Awards, Dice Awards, National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers Awards, uh, uh, Independent Games Festival, Game Developers Choice Awards, and the 14th British Academy Games Awards. It was nominated for several throughout all those different award shows. It won three. Oh, uh, nice. oh no, sorry. Five. Uh, it won Writing in a Comedy f- uh, from the National Academy of Video Game Trade Reviewers. It won Most Fulfilling Community-Funded Game at the South by Southwest Gaming Awards in 2018. It won the Sumas McNally Grand Prize at the Independent Games Festival and the Excellence in Narrative Award at also the Independent Games Festival. And then, finally, it won Best Narrative at the 14th British Academy Game Awards. So, story. It's like story, story, story. And best writing. Really, that is the... That that's the powerhouse of Night in the Woods, and that's where it has its best moments. Because just in the conversations that you have with other people, sometimes the writing is very funny, and yeah. like I do have those laugh out moments where I'm like, aha, aha. Any good <laughs> puns? Yeah, no, good, no, not well, really no puns. Oh, so actually, May's dad is like a stereotypical dad that has like dad jokes aplenty, and he does have yeah. some really so one of the funniest ones. <laughs> I actually he did have to like explain it a little bit because I missed at first there's a point in night in the woods where you and your friends find an arm like just a dismembered arm okay on the ground in front of a diner and like you call the police about it because you're like what is this arm doing here this does not belong and so it's one of the, like the mystery kind of things from night in the woods but uh when you go home that night and tell your dad about it, you're like dad we found an arm and he's like oh man that's crazy you know i want you to be careful out there uh, you know and and she, may makes a joke she's like oh well should she's not joking but she's like oh you want me to pick up you know mace or brass knuckles and he's like well i would hate for you to be caught out there unarmed ah. <laughs> i was like that's super funny i had a good solid uh, laugh about that nice. one after it sunk in and i was like he got me he dad joked me son of a bitch. <laughs> that son of a bitch got me <laughs> so that was that was a pretty funny part of the game nice so night in the woods great storytelling great narrative not stellar gameplay really good soundtrack 
really pretty to look at, very fluid. Mm. Uh, even though the mechanics are very minimal, they are very fluid. More load screens than I would like. I wonder, though, if that is, again, due to the console you're playing on. It might on. be. It might be due to Switch. Uh, but anyway, so it has its ups and it has its downs, but I think that for this particular time of year and for the duration, that short duration, it could very well be a really nice fit for the season. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've talked about the music, and you said that we were going to feature that, so why don't you go ahead, and then, as is tradition, to close out an episode with our soundtrack spotlight. Indeed. So, we are going to uh, feature one of the tracks that, so far, I've encountered is one of my favorites. It's a track that plays during one of the dream sequences. It's called Astral Alley. Ooh. And then the soundtrack persons, the composers, Alec Holoka. God. And Scott Benson again. That's Scott Benson. That bastard. He's getting out there <laughs> so, making waves in the video he's game. He's making industry. waves. So Alec Halo- Halauka? Halau- I How would you say that? Sense. It might be my Invisalign that's tripping me up. Halauka. Halauka. Alec Halauka and Scott Benson are the uh, composers for this. And what was the song title one more time? Astral Alley. Astral Alley. So stick around and listen to that after the close of the episode. But uh, again, just a quick, another reminder, don't miss our Extra Life 2018 stream on November 3rd, starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to probably see sides of us that you don't normally see outside the show because we're going to be going on 24 hours of gaming. Who knows? We'll be different people by the other side. We will be Either different people. Even better friends or, or mortal we enemies. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But so you got to come watch to find out and see what happens at the end of We're our. We're gonna have to put Fender between us. <laughs> oh man, it's 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 gonna be a fun time. But I haven't I haven't played games for that long. I've never probably done it. ever. Yeah. So no. it's I, mean, gonna I used be to play. Something. I used to play. You know, have Mountain Dew fueled all nighters, but never never. 24, 24 hours. hours. It's going to be something. It's, it's going to be, be something. something. But it's going to be fun, and it's going to be for a great cause. So join us on November 3rd, 10 a.m. Central Time, for our Extra Life 2018 stream. But that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. Stick around for the song Astro Alley from A Night in the Woods. 